Here we go. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, good, good. There he is, looking good, hey. man. Okay, I had to. I have to have on the uh, the team gear for sure. There you go. <laughs> how you been lately? I've been doing really well. How are you? You've been busy. Good. Yeah, yeah. I've been at some tournaments and stuff, and kind of, kind of, it's a little slow right now. You know, hopefully, I might be going to a couple tournaments, maybe nationals, if I. If it's not too expensive, so. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. I just brought my clubs in for my car, but I feel like they're will work as a backdrop. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. No, they look great. They look great. Um, what's, uh, what's what's the next one you're going to? Um, next one, I was talking to Coach Beard. Um, they if they go to the regional at uh, it's a weird weird course in Morgan Hill, I think. Um, that might be the next one I go to if they if they end up going there. Um. But after that, probably be nationals if I can save up, cool. save up some money. So, um, nice. but yep, yep. And, uh, but yeah, man, really glad to get you on here and stuff. And thanks for taking the time out of your day. No, thank you for the invite. This is fun. It's cool. Yeah, absolutely, man. And did you have any questions or anything or kind of anything you wanted I, to add? Uh, no, I just kind of, if the focus of a lot of what I want to say, you know, I obviously I want to, I'll talk about my journey, but if you find it like best that I can, you know, give advice to junior golfers or what, what is the demographic you find of mainly people who listen? Is it, is it uh college players? Is it junior golfers? Do you know kind of? Yeah. So on, um, on the, on my podcast account, um, it has like some data and stuff. And the age group is, is that kind of junior golfer to kind of like, 30 years old is the most popular, um, age group. So, I mean, that's, it's perfect. Like I think kind of towards, 
towards the end um in the ham and egg section i kind of ask um we'll kind of talk about junior golfers and kind of what you look for um you know recruiting wise and stuff like that with players at ucla so i think that'll be good stuff to talk about there and um and the coaching aspect of just you know being a coach at ucla like that's that's pretty cool so yeah yeah for sure cool awesome (laughs) yeah um just uh it, it's pretty straightforward though like i i like to send the questions beforehand just so you kind of get an idea but by all means if you if there's something you want to talk about or a story or whatever it is you go ahead and you talk about it well, your, um, your questions are great i really like them awesome oh i appreciate that yeah. um and then um if you got to go to the bathroom or anything or take a drink of water you totally take right. the time like i can edit all that out so it's oh, okay uh, great so it doesn't have to be perfect in one go basically. So, um, perfect. Um, I'll introduce you as, um, assistant men's golf coach at UCLA, Patrick Murphy. Mm -hmm. And then we'll kind of just, um, I'll just kind of, like I did, uh, previous, um, you know, just ask how you've been and stuff. How's the team. And then we'll get into the questions and stuff. Um, but, uh, other than that, it's pretty straightforward and, um, it'll sound like I'm signing off, um, at the end of the episode, that's just for recording purposes though. So, but, uh, yeah. Well, all right. Well, I'll introduce you and we'll get rolling. All right. Great. Let's do it. All right. Hello, everyone. And welcome to this week's episode of Scrambling with Delonato featuring the men's assistant golf coach at UCLA, Patrick Murphy. Patrick, welcome, man. Hey, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. I'm happy to be a part of uh, a growing community of people who are just interested in college golf. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's just, I've seen you at some tournaments and, you know, it's just, I, I just wanted to hear your story because I think it's just really cool, you know, where you've come from and stuff. So, but um, thank you for taking the time out of your day to do this. And um, how have you been lately? How have things been at UCLA with the team? I've been doing well. I've been very busy. I've been on the road doing some recruiting and just working hard with the team. Uh, the team is doing really well. Um, I, I feel like we've had a really kind of underreported and under just underappreciated rise uh, over the last couple of months. We had a really, really tough fall, Um, obviously with a head coaching change, you know, there's different expectations and there's just a kind of a nervous energy that is around the team going from having a coach who was there for so long and Derek Freeman and now having Armin Kirikosian coming over from Arizona state. Um, We ended off at the fall, a kind of a, a program low and we've gone up, you know, like I think it's about 80 spots in the rankings now over nice. the last couple of months. So our guys have just been working hard to be a part of that this year has just been a lot of fun. So it's, you know, I've been working hard, you know, arms been working hard. The guys have been working hard, but we're all pretty stoked about it. Awesome. You know, and it's really cool to see kind of, you know, that trend, because I mean, obviously any sort of coaching changes, you know, it's going to, you know, it's going to affect the team a little bit. So, but it's nice that, you know, you guys got a great coach, you know, uh, coach Armin from, you know, ASU, very successful team over there and stuff. It's really cool that, you know, head coach at UCLA with you alongside him. I mean, that's, it's pretty great. So, you know, I'm looking forward to what you guys, you know, how you guys finish the rest of this year and stuff in future years. For sure. Yeah, it's yeah. exciting. So we've got the Pac-12 championship coming up. We're leaving tomorrow morning. Uh, we've got kind of a fun trip planned. We're going to go in a day early before the practice round. Stanford is hosting. Um, so they're, they've got a cool dinner. Um, I just got the tournament kind of details uh, from Armin and from Coach Conrad at Stanford. Um, kind of a sneak peek uh, 
EA Sports is going to be kind of like sponsoring the players' oh, dinners. So they're going to have a new video game for the guys to play and everything. So just for the listeners to understand kind of what goes on at a championship banquet, like this this week's elevated over maybe your just regular season college NCAA event. So the guys are excited, you know, to play a good course against good teams. And just, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Wow. You know, that's really exciting stuff. I'm, I'm sure you guys are looking forward to getting after it at Pac-12s and just uh, – just the whole experience. That seems pretty awesome. <laughs> be great. I was fortunate enough to play in three Pac-12 championships, my sophomore, junior and senior season. Um, and it was like my favorite week of the year. It's just because you you finally get to square up against all of your rivals and the guys who are your friends, but you're excited to see if you can beat them. My senior season at Eugene, um, when Oregon hosted, we came second to Stanford, who ended up wow. going to win the NCAA championship that championship that year. And that was a, just like such an exciting week. Um, for golf fans, Colin Morikawa won the tournament. And the next year he played the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. And they said, when was the last time you played in rough like this? And he said, last year at the Pac-12 championship, the rough <laughs> way worse. So, yeah, the, the conditions at these tournaments are legit. It's the real deal. So, it, yeah, I'm super excited for this week. That's awesome, man. I'd like to get, I'm looking forward, you know, to see how you guys do and just kind of the whole experience and everything of a Pac-12 championship. That'll be so cool, man. Um, but, you know, we'll get into the questions here. I always like to, you know, start everybody, you know, with off with, you know, where are you from and how'd you get to the game of golf? So I was born in Yellowknife in the Northwest Territories of Canada, which um, if you look at Anchorage, Alaska on a map and you go east, you'll hit Yukon and you go east again you'll go to Yellowknife, which is the Northwest Territories. I was re really little kid. My dad was into golf. My uncle ended up buying me a set of plastic clubs for my first birthday and, you know, kind of starts like a lot of people. And my dad would bring me to the driving range with him. Um, when I was going to go into preschool, we moved down to Calgary, Alberta, uh, just above Montana. I lived in a small town called Crossfield. Mm. Uh, There's about 2,500 people there when I was growing up. And there's a local golf course there with just an immaculate grass range, a front nine that was designed by a local landowner. And then the back nine was designed by a golf course architect. And it became my playground during the summer months um, until I was 18. And so those are my fond memories. A um, lot of golf courses in the area that I grew up playing. But for me, that was how it started. Gotcha. You know, it's, I thought that was really cool. You know, I've only had, I think one or maybe two people from Canada, you know, so it's really cool that I saw that and I was like, Whoa, you know, that's, that's pretty awesome. And, um, you know, I mean, as you grew up and, you know, I know a high school golf is kind of like, you know, in other countries and stuff, it's not really a pre prevalent thing. Like what, was that the case for you in Canada? So this, this is a, uh, one of my favorite golf stores is kind of my high school golf experience. Yeah. Uh, Growing up in such a small town, our C our high school was grade six to twelve and only had a couple hundred people in it. Oh wow! And for a long time, we couldn't field a golf team because you need at least four people to play. And a lot of teams have five, and so in the fourth grade, um, I petitioned the <laughs> provincial sporting association to play in the uh, on the golf team, and I was denied in the fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. Oh my gosh! And by this time, I was a really highly ranked recruit internationally. You know, I was a single digit handicap, even in, you know, like kind of elementary and middle school and a plus handicap, you know, um, pretty early on. But they just wouldn't allow me because of my age. So 
high school golf began, uh, started to get more popular. There were more teams who were shooting really good numbers. And finally, my senior year in high school, we had four guys and we had enough people to play on the team. So my cousin, Mitch, my friend, Nick, and uh, underclassman named Austin and myself played. Now, these three guys were three competitive hockey players who had zero tournament golf experience, but would play on weekends. and Nice. So we went to the divisional tournament, which is stage one. Um, you know, they play usually the second set of four tees. So that, you know, the white tees, maybe around 6,000 yards and I shot 66 and we made it to the sectional tournament. So we were just beyond excited. Like, okay, you know, WG Murdoch high school from Crossfield, Alberta is moving on. And so we went to my home golf course, uh, in Crossfield, we were hosting and we were very excited. Our math teacher, Dan knew he was like, okay, guys, should we have a practice? And I was like, I can't, sorry. Like I'm playing a tournament in the U S but I'll be back. Like I'll be back. <laughs> so we went out, the boys had a bit of a tough day. I shot 63, which wow. tied the competitive course record. And you had to come top three to make the provincial tournament. We ended up coming fourth, Oh, which was just devastating. We lost to a couple of teams with, you know, larger, larger populations at their school. And, um, we honestly, we had a bunch of fun, but because of my grudge of not being able to play in um, elementary and middle school, I did not take the individual berth to go to the provincial championship. Instead, I was, I actually ended up playing another tournament in the U.S. at the time, which it was a big tournament. So it really wasn't about my grudge. It was just the fact that uh, I just thought it was funny. Like, gosh, we almost made it. But I was going to skip a very large AGAGA if my uh, if my friends and I end up qualifying for the provincial event. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but that is just crazy how, you know, you petition. I mean, you're you're this freaking stud over here. Like, come <laughs> on, let me play. And then all of a sudden, you know, finally you guys get, you know, some guys together and you guys, you know, find some success. You're shooting yeah. low numbers. I mean, 63. <laughs> I mean, that's just filthy. I mean, <laughs> there is there are a lot of good players in Canada. You know, it's not a very populated country, but, you know, as we see on the PJ Tour, there's a lot more Canadians who are getting better. Oh, yeah. it's, it's almost like the 51st state population wise, you know, about the same population as California. So a lot of good players there now, but um, yes, I did. I had out the Alberta golf association, write a letter saying, you know, this, this guy's a plus four and a half handicap, two baddies, two young, just let him play. Anyways, it's, it's now to the point where Alberta golf and the Alberta golf uh, sports association for high schools has a really competitive event, a lot of good players and, we're producing a lot of really good NCAA golfers. So I'm very proud of that, you know, as being kind of a part of a generation where golf was, you know, it wasn't even second to hockey. It was like way down the list. And now golf's kind of, it's a cool sport that people are playing in the summer and it's super popular. The driving range at my home course opened two days ago. And uh, my dad went to go hit some golf balls and he said the entire parking lot and the road by the golf course was just packed with cars. So I'm super excited about what's happening with golf in Canada. Wow. That is crazy. I mean, it's crazy how, you know, just golf has taken off, you know, and it's, uh, but that's cool though. It's good to see that, you know, especially at your home, you know, your home course and stuff. And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's alive and people are out there and playing and stuff. So that's awesome. Yeah, it was great. So anyways, that's my, uh, I had to indulge on my Canadian high school golf experience, but it was, it was a, it was a fun time and I'm happy I got to play with my friends. So 
Yeah, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you're having fun playing with your friends. I mean, shooting some low numbers. And mm-hmm. I mean, you touched on, you know, you you played in AGGA tournaments from what it sounds like. You know, what what was it like playing junior, you know, tournaments outside of high school? And, you know, did right. you play a lot of AGGA and stuff? So I played a ton in the summer of the Canadian Junior Golf Association and the Maple Leaf Junior Tour. Those are the two big uh, junior golf tours in Canada. Mm-hmm. I also would play the Alberta Junior, you know, your the the provincial championships, the Canadian junior. Um, so the, the system in Canada was pretty solid for events to compete, but it didn't really offer scouting opportunities outside of the national championship. So gotcha. for me, I actually didn't play in an AJGA until after I committed to UCLA. Gotcha. So I played in three AJGAs total and I was already committed because one, you know, as many people know, AJJs are expensive flying from another country to play. Oh you man. Know, you have to, you, you have to qualify. Um, so I played some FCG stuff, played oh, the, yeah. uh, the San Diego junior amateur. Um, at the time, the big one was the FCWT tour for me. The future collegiate world tour was big. It, it offered big scouting opportunities. I had a lot of, um, you know, college coaches from the West coast, who followed me when I would play in Arizona and California because I was fortunate enough to just make it in the final groups and college coaches would be at those events go, hey, who's this international guy who's shooting some good numbers? Um, I played in Florida. I played, you know, wherever I could. My parents were both educators and so they would have summers off. Oh, so perfect. I would be like, okay, how can I get into the U.S. junior? How can I get into junior worlds? And yeah, I looking back on it, I was incredibly fortunate. My parents, you know, they really put a lot of resources into me playing these big events. So my junior resume was mixed with a bunch of just random junior golf tournaments. I would email coaches sometimes and say, Hey, I'm going to play in the hurricane junior golf tour event today at this random place. There's 18 kids in the field, but I'm just, you know, I happen to be in the U S right now. I can't make it to this big event, but I could play right now. Um, and so for me, I knew that every trip to go down south was a, a big event, whether it was a random FCWT or it was Junior Worlds. I knew that I had to show up because, you know, for the most part, I may only get a couple of those a year. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's just like like you touched on, you know, it being so expensive, not only AJGAs, but just junior golf. And I mean, like you said, I mean, you're coming from Canada, like you're getting every opportunity that you can to go to the U S and you, you want to play well because you don't know how many of those you're going to get, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's just, I think I really respect, you know, people that come from other countries and either play junior tournaments or any sort of tournaments and go through the recruiting process. And I mean, I just a lot of respect for you and everything that you've done that you did there. I mean, that's, that's pretty well. I I appreciate it. I, I, I really do kind of get excited when I see a player who plays really well outside of his, you know, comfort zone. I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to travel because I think it's really important to learn how to win and learn how to play well in your local area. But when you start to see kind of elite junior golfers who are able to go somewhere else on a different grass or just anywhere that's unfamiliar mm-hmm. and play well, I think I, I I understand what that was like. It was really a nerve wracking experience as, you know, a 14, 15, 16 year old. And so I give a lot of props to those guys. So, hey, if you ever go and you shoot under par in a golf tournament outside of your home, you know, location, home state, that's a big win, you know? Yeah. As, yeah. It's really cool. 
Huge win. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you talked about, you know, emailing coaches and stuff. I'm curious about your recruiting process and the steps you took, you know, to get in contact with schools and, and, you know, what schools were you talking to? So I, um, I was going through the recruiting process in 2012, 13, kind of. So Mm -hmm. for everyone listening at the time, the rules were different. Now we cannot speak to junior golfers or be in contact with them until June 15th after their sophomore year. At this time, you had high-ranked junior golfers committing in, you know, 7th, 8th, ninth grade. Yeah. Essentially, it was a free-for-all. Now, a coach couldn't call you directly, but you could call them. So I would be at junior golf tournaments with some of my friends, and I'd be, you know, with hanging out with very highly-ranked junior golfers, and I'd be like, hey, I just called the coach at this school. Well, did he pick up? No. You know, so you had, <laughs> essentially, like, you were just cold-calling, just – high-end coaches, which is intimidating, you know, yeah. you get a coach who's, you know, won a national championship or he's got a high ranked team and, you know, everyone knows who he is and you're, you're 14, 15 years old and you're just picking up your phone going, uh, uh, Hey coach Freeman, uh, Hey coach Mickelson, or, you know, essentially yeah. what are we, what are we doing here? So, um, <laughs> there were, the recruiting process for me was fun because, um, I was really fortunate early on to shoot some low numbers in some bigger kind of Southern California events. And um, I'd also played a couple events in Florida that I played really well in. So I started receiving paper questionnaires in the mail. Yeah. And that's what started to kick it off for me. I, my very first paper questionnaire came in the mail um, when I was 13 from UCLA. Wow. And at the time I played hockey six months a year. I played golf six months a year and I really had no idea what I was looking at. And yeah. so my dad essentially Googled and was like, Hey, so yeah. Okay. You know, obviously we know it's in Los Angeles. Obviously we know they have a super cool basketball team (laughs) next time that we're in LA, maybe we'll visit the campus. So I started responding to paper questionnaires and um, through my swing coach at the time, I would try and get in contact with them. I would try and, you know, he would reach out, say, you know, if you're interested, maybe we could get your phone number or their phone number may be on the paper questionnaire. And then I would essentially try and cold call a coach um, it was a, the system used to be disorganized. There were advantages. There are, were disadvantages, you know, to yeah. both was then and how it is now, but yeah, that's, that's how it started. I was eventually, I ended up visiting three schools on the West coast, three pretty big schools with very elite golf programs. Um, I visited UCLA multiple times and I just, I fell in love with the campus. I fell in love with the golf courses that they showed me on my visits and, um, Coach Freeman and I had a strong connection in my recruiting process and also the former assistant coach, Brandon Christensen. Um, You know, he'd watched me a bunch and I just felt like, you know, this was the place for me. It just kind of drew me in and not everyone has that moment, but I definitely just started to feel very connected to it. I honestly was, I was very interested in other school as well. Um, My mom and dad really wanted me, I think, to go to UCLA. Yeah. going to allow me to make the decision that I wanted in the end, uh, which is, I think is a great thing to allow your kid to do it, but it's a big decision to make at a yeah. young age. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of thought about it for a while, went on some visits and then I decided, okay, no, that UCLA is the place for me. So I, I was very, very lucky and I had a, I had a blast. Yeah. You know, it's so cool to hear how, you know, it, it you really connected with the university and, you know, you, you, 
the assistant coach had watched you play quite a bit and you know it, it just felt like home you know and it- yeah and that's it it's so funny you say that because that was what my my parents kept saying to me was like okay Patrick you're from Canada you're moving to a new country I know it's pretty similar as far as culture and language and everything but you know I grew up in town that was very very small there are more people at UCLA than there are in all you know of the three surrounding towns around mine yeah so essentially like there were there, there were 50 people in my graduating class you know there's you know a few hundred in the first lecture I walked into day one <laughs> it was just something about it like the energy of the campus you know the this just the affiliation of you know, John Wooden is pyramid of success, that like idea of greatness, like I bought into it very quickly. And so yeah, it was um, it's, it's really important for a junior golfer to understand that when they choose a school, they're not just choosing a place to play golf, they're choosing a place to to live. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I mean, everything, the atmosphere, the environment, even if you put golf to the side, like, can you see yourself living there and, you know, and enjoying yeah. being there? I mean, that's definitely something that junior golfers got to think about because you, you can potentially be there for four to five years. <laughs> exactly. Totally. And, you know, I, at the time, I didn't really know anyone on the team. Um, I had briefly met um, my, my roommate at a football game where I went on a visit, um, but we hadn't really talked. We'd played a few junior golf tournaments and we kind of exchanged pleasantries. We're like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? But yeah, then we showed up day one and we we're like, okay, we're going to be roommates. And we were roommates for the next four years. Wow. You know, my one of my best friends in the whole world. And it's just like, we still check in like daily. And um, yeah, it's like, you're, you're choosing a family outside of your family. So I was very lucky to have a very positive experience. That is awesome. It's really cool to hear how, you know, your experiences at UCLA. And you know, I just have some stats here from your, you know, playing career there. I mean, you posted four top 10 finishes, your overall scoring average, 74.18. Your senior year was your lowest, 71.6. I yeah. mean, 102 rounds, 35 events. And I mean, just, I, it's just really, really impressive. I mean, you're eight under thir- or 63 ranks tied for third in UCLA's all-time best 18-hole score list. I mean, quite a player in your years at UCLA. <laughs> well, thank you. I So, you know, for people who know golf, they'll look at those scoring averages and they'll go, okay, 71.6, your senior year, what was going on in the middle there? And I was a great example of a player who started off hot, came top 10 in my very first college golf tournament. And I was in my second college golf tournament and I was paired with a player who just came 11th at the Open Championship. And we're playing um, at Aaron Hills, where obviously they held a major championship that Brooks won. And I was just thinking like, you know, I'm comparing myself to elite, elite players now. And I went from being a really nice junior golfer as a player who kind of grew up in a windy flat area. I hit a hard hook. Mm-hmm. I started to get really insecure about, oh man, geez, I can't hit the high soft fade. You know, my, my wedge flight is kind of a little low and spinny, but I don't, I don't control it quite as well. And so I started to tinker and, you know, I went through a long process of a, trying to rediscover who I was as a golfer. And I think that for a lot of college golfers, you start to realize like college golf is one thing, but when you within college golf, especially, you know, at big time programs like UCLA, you're going to play with the next Colin Morikawa. You're going to play with the next Aaron Wise or, you know, I go down the list, John Rahm, Maverick McNeely. Like there's tons of guys I played with early on in my career. And 
I thought, oh man, I got to start changing what I'm doing. And I think that the success I found later on in my college career and having a shooting 63 in Hawaii and, you know, having a third place finish at the Thunderbird Collegiate, these are like, those were big moments for me when I realized that I could play good golf when I played within myself, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think as a young player, you have to understand that like, you know, success is not going to come overnight. And that, that big, you know, the first scoring average number is from me thinking I have to get so much better right now. Like not, not next week, like literally right now. (laughs) And it's, it's a tough place to be in, but I'm so glad that I went through that experience because I've, I've learned patience and humility and, um, you know, for the most part on the golf course, I say that but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's helped me in life to understand that like hard work doesn't just show up overnight. And um, yeah, I, I was really, really happy to have a nice senior year and play a bunch of events. And like you said, 35 events, 102 rounds, like I got to carry the UCLA bag a lot. And for me, that was very important. I wanted to just represent the school that I chose to play for. And yeah, I was lucky to do that. That is just so cool. And, you know, it's it's crazy to think that, you know, the players that you played against in college, I mean, you're you're playing against, you know, guys that are like ranked super high in the world, you know, yeah. PJ Tour winners. Like, I mean, it, I bet you were playing against some really, really talented players. And, you know, like you said, a, a team like UCLA, you're going to be playing against yeah top dogs (laughs) it was fun and there's a lot of lot of really good players i played with both on my team and not on my team and you know i just listed only a couple but one of the a very fun experience that i had was playing georgia tech's event um i played with victor hovland in the first round uh and i played with will zalatoris in the first round the year after that wow for me that event i just seemed to always play well enough to get paired with just really elite players so looking back on it i just it was so much fun i'll uh the second hole of the first round of georgia tech's event i i believe it was my it was either i think it was my sophomore junior year i hit like a perfect drive off the second hole and i just absolutely flushed a hard five iron to a back pin and this back pin, like no one was really going for it. So I kind of hit it to 15 feet short and, you know, coach Freeman was there and he was like, great shot. Patrick's like, that's perfect. And Will had hit it about 15 or 20 past me. He was obviously he's a very deep player and he stepped up and he just hit a flat seven iron right through the wind. That seemed like a high stinger. Like, you know, it's just a flat ball flight that still comes out 130 feet in the air. Yeah. And he it, like just stiff to the pin. And, <laughs> and I was just thinking like, okay, We've been through this. I'm playing my game today. I'm playing my game. I'm not going to worry about watching <laughs> Will Zaltoris hit 290 yard two irons all day. And I had a nice day, but yeah, it was just those experiences will stay with me forever. Playing with major, you know, winners and future major winners um, was it was great. Wow, that is so cool to hear those. And I believe the year after that, I may have played with Doc Redman in the first round as well. So for me, that was a that was a. It was a stout uh, lineup of oh. <laughs> events. So it was good. Oh my gosh. I mean, it is just so, that is so cool to hear these experiences and players that you played against and, you know, not only, you know, guys on other teams, but within your team as well. And man, that is just really cool. It seemed like you really enjoyed your time at UCLA and, you know, you played some really golf and you kind of found yourself a little bit, you know, that's kind of the college experience. I mean, you got to find yourself exactly. a little bit. So, um, exactly. but uh I mean, when your time at UCLA was coming to an end, I mean, what was your plan after? Like, did you ever think about playing professionally? Did you, you know, play professionally or was it just straight into yeah. coaching you wanted? 
So I really had a dream of playing professionally. Um, growing up in Canada, you know, I had always so I'd always really wanted to play in Europe. For whatever reason, that was like a big thing for me. I had always wanted to go play in the European Tour, maybe the Challenge Tour to start off. So what I did was I I turned pro. Um, I skipped my graduation at UCLA. I went home and I played my I made my professional debut at the Alberta Open. Nice, uh, the local pro event. I played pretty well. I ended up missing a playoff by one shot and I cashed a check and I thought, hey, this is pretty good, you know? So <laughs> I ended up a few weeks later, I drove down to South Dakota to play a Dakota's tour event. I had a lot of friends who'd played Dakota's tour event. They said, um, you know, you get some really good players. You might get some corn fairy guys on their off weeks. And again, I just played really, really well. I ended up winning the golf tournament. All right. I ended up cashing an awesome check, you know, like, <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. You know, my, um, a few weeks in, they gave me one of those huge checks. It was like 15,000. I was thinking, okay, awesome. Um, so I was on a huge high early on. I ended up using that money to go to European tour Q school, played at Frilford Heath, uh, just outside Oxford in South England. And, um, I played really, really well. I was coming down the stretch and I was, you know, a few shots inside the cut line. The leaderboard was pretty packed and, probably the most nervous I've ever been over a golf shot was three inside the cut line at first stage, 125 yards uh, in the middle of the fairway on the last hole. All I have to do is hit the green with a wedge. And I just hit this like little low bullet that landed just short of the green and skipped up to the middle. And I was like, awesome. Like I I'm very confident in my putting. Okay. I can, I can get that down. Yeah. So I looked up there and I tapped it in and I went in the clubhouse and I just thought like, you know, I'd won a bunch of junior golf tournaments, amateur golf tournaments. That was for me, the most satisfying moment of playing golf was the pressure and intensity of Q school. It's kind of like regionals, you uh -huh. know, in, yeah. in college, like it doesn't really matter if you win, you just have to get through. Exactly. So I ended up going to Spain, um, about a month later and we, we joke, I always joking to the guys, the Spanish guys on my team, I'm saying Almeria in November is the windiest place on earth. <laughs> I play, I played very poorly. I missed it second stage, which was too bad, but, um, I ended up going back. I, I was going to play in the Canadian tour the next year. Uh -huh. Ovid hit. So we had the, um, we had what was called the Canada life series and it was just a few events for only Canadians. Gotcha. And I had a moment up there where I had had the low round of the day in one of the last events of the season. And you know, kind of the local reporter asked me, you know, Patrick, that was kind of, it was a low round of the day. You played really well in some tough conditions. What are your thoughts? And my honest thoughts were like, if this was an elite field of elite professional golfers, I would have just got smacked. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know? And it was just true. I, you know, I've always been very, very honest with myself about my game, or at least I felt like I have, mm -hmm. and I've been surrounded by people, my college coaches and my parents who were very honest with me. And I thought, you know, shooting in the mid sixties on this golf course is solid. That's great. But at the same time, I'd probably still be fighting to make the cut. If this was like a corn fairy event, for example, right. I get you. And I, for me, I was, so it really made me think long and hard about what I was going to be doing. Not long after that, it snowed in Canada and I was at home essentially doing more skiing than golfing as a professional golfer, which nice. is, is not ideal. Um, <laughs> Coach Freeman had reached out to me and said that the season had um, it hadn't started because of COVID, but it was probably going to resume after the new year. Mm -hmm. And he asked if I wanted to apply for the job, which really was a wonderful opportunity. I always wanted to work in the golf industry. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I had always thought even if a professional career did work out, I really wanted to be a part of the golf industry in some way. And I thought, what a better way for me to stay involved in elite golf, work with, you know, my former college team, very passionate about UCLA. And so I applied. Um, I was, I heard back a little while later, I was very excited. I got the job and I started off. Um, I, I was not able to coach the first event. I coached the next event, which was the San Diego um, Lampkin Classic. Nice. We ended up winning that golf tournament. And uh, Devin Bling, who was on the team, he won as an individual. I mean, it was such a dream start. as, a, as a... <laughs> So I coached the rest of the season. Um, I coached Devin at the Carson Creek Regional. That was the end of the season for us. And then I coached. Um, now, I guess I'm in. I've been here a little over two years, two and a half years, but this is my third season. So. Yeah, you know, it's just cool to hear your experiences playing professionally and then, you know, to get the opportunity to go back to your alma mater somewhere that you truly like love and embrace, you know, and I mean, you you got all the UCLA gear on right now. I yeah. mean, it's, it's just so cool to see, you you know, being able to go back and, you know, go back to where your alma mater and stuff and just be a coach now. That's so cool. It It is. And it's I feel very fortunate. I mean, I was given an incredible opportunity to start my coaching career at such an elite program. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I understand how hard coaches work all across the country. And I think that I didn't quite get it as a player. You know, I, I feel like that's just natural. Sure. Now to understand kind of what the profession is all about, how much fun it is. The opportunities that we are given as coaches are wonderful, but more importantly, like, the sense of gratitude I have to try and help people who are in my position is tremendous. For me, that's what it's all about. Like seeing guys who want to develop, want to turn golf into something that they can do as a professional. Like I want to be a part of that. And mm-hmm. I just get excited when I see good college golf, especially from my guys, but just across the board, because I know that these are the, these are the guys who are pushing the game forward, you know, and the professional game is obviously incredibly important. Yeah. These college players, like they are doing this for a dream and they're doing this for a love of the game that I understand that they get in huge perks. They get free trips and cool events and they got all this swag and all this cool. (laughs) But, you know, they're not they're not making huge amounts of money, you know, as of yet. Right. Maybe down the road that'll change. But just the fact that these guys wake up every day and want to play golf, like for me, that's what this is. It's at the purest level, like just being around people who love golf this much. it, It is so much fun for me. That is just so cool to be in that kind of atmosphere. Like you said, you know, they're I mean obviously professional golf, you know, super important and everything, but I mean, college golf, like, like you said, they're there because they love the game of golf. I mean, they're, and I mean, everything that comes along with, you know, playing college golf is, you know, it's great and all. So it's just, it's just really cool to hear how, you know, you are really loving, you know, being there coaching, you know, guys that just want to be better and they want to play professionally and you're just, you're there to develop them and stuff. I think it's just so cool. Yeah, it was, it's great. I mean, we push the guys hard in practice, you know, we understand that they're very busy, especially, you know, UCLA is an academic institution. Mm -hmm. And so these guys work hard in the classroom. You know, they, our guys get good, great grades. We're very proud of them for that. But yeah, as far as it goes on the golf course, like whether we're playing 18 or having an up and down contest, like they're bringing it as, as much as they can every single day. And that's what excites me. Like there, there's no days off where they're like, ah, oh, coach, I don't really want to play golf today. Like, you know, that golf course down the street, that's pretty amazing. Like, I think I'll just, I think I'll just skip that tea time. Like that's not happening. Uh-huh. They're, yeah. They're excited. And so am I. 
There you go. Hey, everybody's excited. That's what's going to make, you know, the team chemistry that much better and just everybody, you know, really enjoying their time there and stuff. And um, I think it's just really cool. And, you know, you're, like you said, you're currently, you know, in your third season with the team, but I'm curious about your first season, you know, with the team and how it went. I know you said you're fir- the first event you couldn't coach, but the second event, it was like individual win, team win. All right. You know, what was it like your first season and just learning how to be a coach? It, it was interesting because, well, for a couple of reasons, there were guys on the team who were there while I was a senior. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they'd come in and like we had been teammates in team events. We'd practice together. And so they won. I think they knew and they appreciated just how much I loved college golf and they knew how much I fought hard for my experience, especially to play well my senior year. They knew that I had tried hard. Um, and so I think that they knew that I would be there to support them to try and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we had some guys on the team who were winning events and playing exceptionally well, you know, and, th- you know, they were doing things that were very impressive. Like Devin right away was, you know, winning. Devin had come second um, at the U.S. Amateur at Pebble Beach. Yeah. Like he's, he's an elite player. And so I wasn't going to come in and I wasn't going to tell him how to play the game. <laughs> I started to realize was like coaching in college, like, yes, I can. I'm a very adept swing coach and kind of, I can work on your fundamentals in any area of the game, but that's not really what I'm doing there. Like I'm not coming in so that I can give Eddie Lai a chipping lesson. (laughs) If he wants to work on it, then okay, cool. Let's do that, Eddie. But at the same time, I'm there so that I can help these guys manage the off the golf course stuff so that they can make sure that they're really paying attention to all of the details. Um, I learned a lot from coach Freeman because he he really taught me how to kind of like, I guess, temper my expectations. Like you're not, a, you're not really a caddy. You're not in charge of the guys when they're on the golf course. And my big thing was like, I get super fired up when I'm playing, you know, I'd always struggled with having like super high highs and, you know, frankly, just low lows. And as a coach, that's difficult. You don't want to be like, dang it, guys, come on. Like, what are we doing? And they're like, coach, like, it's just a par and a par five. Like, it's okay, man. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely had to become more, I guess, stoic on the golf course. Um, and I think I've done a good job of that, but learning from mentors and just kind of having more experience helped. So the other thing too, like obviously setting boundaries with guys on the team was super important because, yeah. you know, they had been over to my place to hang out. Like they had kind of like, you know, not all of them, obviously just made some of the older ones. Yeah. But they, they also appreciated and knew that I took the game seriously. And I did when I was on the team as well. So it was mainly like, Hey, you know, I don't really need to hear about your girl troubles. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really need to hear about like, I was going to say the, the things that you're doing, like at home with your family that you maybe you would have told me about on the team, like, Oh, you know, this is what's going on with my brother. And this is what's going like, there's just certain things that like you talk about with your friends that maybe you don't talk about with your coaches. And, you know, I, I have a very close relationship with the guys on the team, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think that there needs to be a line of like, okay, we're not like, we're not best friends. Yeah. We are great friends. We're going to get along, but you know, there is an age gap. And, you know, I don't need to know who you took on a date or I, you know, like <laughs> things like that. It's just like, hey, you know, they're young men, they're in college, they're going to enjoy their time. But at the end of the day, like they're student athletes. And those two words are super important. Like you have to take care of your classes. You know, I'm aware of your grades. When I'm on the team, I, I wasn't really asking 
if you got an A, a B or a C. Right. I also have to manage some of the finances behind the scenes. And so there's, you know, obviously a professional code of conduct that young coaches have to uphold. And mm-hmm. um, I was just fortunate that coach Freeman really helped me with that. And coach uh, Armin really continues to do so. I've learned a lot from both of them, um, not just as a golfer and a coach, but just kind of like how to run a business almost. Cause that's really what it is. It were just kind of little, almost professional sports teams that we're running. Exactly. I mean, it's just, I, I think you really hit the nail on the head there with, you know, I was really curious about, you know, the setting boundaries and stuff, because I mean, like you said, I mean, I'm looking at, you know, when you started coaching guys on the team, there's some overlap. I was really interested in what that was like, but I mean, it's cool to hear how, you know, it was just a pretty smooth transition and, you know, you, you really like embraced, you know, coaching and stuff. Like, like you said, you weren't there to be like, okay, let's work on this ball, but you weren't trying to change players. You were just like, Hey, if you want to work on it, we can work on it. But yeah, you were doing all these other things to help the team out and stuff. So I think it's just really cool to hear how coaches get into coaching and what that first season is like, because coach Larkin, obviously, you know, you know, you know, coach Larkin, um, you know, whenever I had him on the podcast, he was kind of talking about how you, he had to find what kind of coach he was going to be, you know? And so it's kind of like that first season where you're almost learning, you know, what kind of coach are you going to be? So interesting yeah it is for sure i think for me answering that question to myself was i i was never going to be the disciplinarian you know like i understand that people make mistakes yeah yeah and that you know life is not perfect and so for me it was like some of the guys would almost be like coach i messed up like aren't you gonna you know punish me and i'm like no (laughs) i mean i've made that exact mistake multiple times you know and i've learned from it and i think that that's the main thing is being able to connect with people like college golf is a stressful time because you're, you're balancing all these things, trying to become the best golfer that you can in a condensed schedule and each day is condensed, you know, with, you know, working out and classes and playing golf and making sure you get enough sleep and you have the right nutrition. Like there's not a whole lot of room. Like, and as much as I joke about guys having fun and doing stuff, like, frankly, you know, when we're in season and we're playing golf tournaments, like that's what these guys are really doing day Mm -hmm. in and day out. And so, yeah, it can be very stressful. Like I've just golfed, you know, or worked out, or I've done some rigorous activity so many days in a row. I never felt like I needed to punish the guys. Uh Hey, you, you know, you packed the wrong shirt. Okay. Whatever. Or (laughs) like, it's like, there's certain things like we expect our guys to work hard, show up on time, have a good attitude, represent the school really well. And, you know, I'll be hard on those things, but when it comes to maybe the less important things, I just felt like, yeah, there's, there's other ways to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, It's just, I think it's just really cool to hear that kind of, you know, if you want to say philosophy or stuff that, you know, that you really pay attention more so to and stuff, instead of, you know, we packed the wrong shirt, it's not a big deal. Like that's, that's just really cool to have in a coach, man. And I think a lot of the players there probably really appreciate you as a person and as a coach as well. I just hope that, you know, the guys on the team feel supported. Like if they, if they have a, you know, a problem on or off the golf course, they can call me and know that I'll do everything I can to support them. Mm-hmm. But there's a fine line, right? Like, you know, as a, as a young person myself, I want them to know that like part of growing up is becoming accountable to your own actions. And, you know, that's kind of a message that we have on the team is, you know, just extreme accountability. Like, you know, players will ask me like, Hey coach, like, what can I do to get better? What can I do to support the team better? Like, it's like, well, just be as accountable, you know, to your own actions as you can possibly be. Like yeah. if you mess something up, 
the person that this is hurting the most is you. And so if you can kind of just essentially be on top of your stuff in your own life, then you're going to help the team, you know, the most in that way. Yeah, man, that is just really good stuff there, coach. Really good stuff there. I think it's just really interesting the, you know, the knowledge and stuff that you've gained from not only playing, but just from coaching and stuff and that, you know, how you're working with players and stuff. I think it's just really cool. It's, it's really cool, coach. Um and I mean, obviously, you know, you've worked alongside Coach Freeman. You've learned a lot of stuff, you know, like you've, you've touched on stuff that you worked with him. And, you know, coaching guys like Devin Bling, you know, Eddie Lai, Mason Green on the team right now, a lot of other good players on the team right now. We know what's it like going to tournaments and representing UCLA as a coach with the team and Coach Harmon? I think that especially within California, the UCLA brand carries a lot of weight. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're the most applied to school in the world. You know, we're the number one public university in America. You know, we've got the most national championships for a long time. We have been passed. We're second place now. Yeah. But we're great in a lot of areas. And I think that that comes with a lot of weight. You know, it takes a certain type of person who is not only excited about wearing UCLA kind of into competition, but also understands what that means and really kind of wants to rise to that level. You know, yeah. as what I didn't really get was as a player was how great the other coaches were, you know, at other programs. So I go into coaches meetings now and we've got like USA national team coaches, coaches who've coached the Olympics. We've got coaches who have just like essentially tons of championship victories. And I'm like, wow, I have to be an amazing coach. And this is something coach Arnold and I speak about often. It's like the level of coaching is so high. The expectations are so high within our athletic department that to go somewhere, I feel like I'm representing those expectations myself. So I want to try and prepare as well as I can. I want to try and, you know, compete as hard as I can. And this is something we talk about a lot with the guys on our team is like, Hey, you know, this is a place where the expectations are high, but the rewards are also very high. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're successful at UCLA, I think you can be successful just about anywhere. And, you know, our alumni have shown that not just on the PGA tour, but also kind of just in life. Like we have many successful alumni, you know, in business and various other areas because they credit that success to being like, okay, I learned how to really be extremely accountable at UCLA with time management and working hard. And so for me, whatever happened after that was actually not quite as hard as whatever made it out to be. Uh-huh. Wow. You know, it's cool to hear how, I mean, obviously, you know, the alumni that are from UCLA and stuff that are on the PG tour, you know, people know, but it's all, it's also cool to hear how, you know, you touched on people in the business world, you know, super successful. The UCLA brand is like, I mean, like you said, it's, it, it's, I mean, so many people want to go to UCLA. A lot of people apply there, obviously. I mean, it's a, if you have UCLA on your shirt or hat or whatever, it's like, well, okay, UCLA, like that's, that's the real deal, you know? So I was just curious about that, you know, whenever you go to tournaments or just, if you walk into the freaking grocery store with the UCLA hat on, you know, like it's, uh, it's I was, uh, kind of the most small world moment for me. I was, I'm an avid fly fisherman. And so sometimes when, if we have a, you know, an off weekend, I may spend a day up in the Sierra Nevada trying to fly fish a little bit. Yeah, And it was kind of at a local restaurant in the middle of the Sierras and, you know, some, they put on golf on TV and I was kind of wearing a UCLA shirt and I was kind of like just 
was watching, you know, just the PJ tour. And I started getting into a conversation with someone and goes, Oh my God, I love UCLA golf. That's amazing. You know, I was actually, I was going to come out and I was going to go watch their, you know, your guys' next tournament. And I was thinking like, I couldn't imagine as a junior golfer in Canada <laughs> that there's people who they have no association with the team. They don't yeah. really, but just because of the brand and the fact that they're, you know, fans of NCAA golf, they're like, I'm going to come out and watch your next tournament. And I'm going to cheer you guys on. To me, that meant so much. Like just the fact that we have people out there who cheer us on, who follow our, you know, results and follow our progress. Like that, that's super cool. So I'm, I'm just super fortunate to be, you know, associated with the UCLA brand and, you know, represent it in whatever little way that I can. There you go. That's it, man. You're wearing that UCLA proud and, you know, go, go Bruins all the way. <laughs> Absolutely. That is awesome, coach. And, you know, we've talked a little, a little bit about, you know, the the coaching change with Coach Freeman to Coach Armin now, you know, as a head coach coming from a very successful and talent, talented team at Arizona State. Um, you know, what are some goals that you have or, you know, that you have or both you and him have for the team in the next coming years? Yeah, I think that's a really good question because our, you know, like I said before, our program right now is not in the spot that we want it, but it kind of presents its own unique opportunity. Like I said, our awesome rise in the rankings recently, we've had some really good success um, at some at some tournaments on the West Coast this winter. It kind of like it gives us an opportunity to build on and, and see, okay, guys, like how good can we get a lot of the time? the progress and building of a team can take years. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, we plan on getting better for years, to, years to come, but there are guys on this team right now who, for example, Omar Morales, who just won Davis's tournament, which was awesome. The, at El Mocero country club, he's yeah. now playing a PGA tour event this week in Mexico, which is super cool. Like a player like him can go from being, you know, a freshman and a sophomore this year, Freshman last year where we didn't make regionals. Mm-hmm. Sophomore this year where he's won a tournament. Our team is playing much better. He's going to play in a PJ Tour event. Like where can this team be by the time he's a senior? Right. And I think that everyone is buying into that message of like, okay, like how great can we make this program? Where can we leave this program to where it was like when I committed to, you know, when I committed to UCLA, UCLA was ranked third in the country. Yeah. You no, know, it made match play, you know, uh, in, in a string of years in a row you know, from, you know, in that stretch of the early 2010s, they won the 2008 national championship. Like they were kind of a, you know, a flagship program. And I think that every elite program over the years, like they will have a little bit of a dip. And so I think it's just become personal for the guys on the team. They're like, Hey, I want to be a part of this program when it's epic. When it's like we're rolling at events and we're, you know, we're winning golf tournaments and we're competing at the highest level. And because the the guys on the team haven't had that experience last year, they're really, really like being like, okay, this is happening. If not, you know, this year, definitely next year. Like that's kind of the message is like, we're pressing as hard as we can this season. We're going to see where we end up. And then next season, it's like, okay, let's pick up where we left off. Let's keep pushing. Yeah. And I mean, you talked about how, you know, how UCLA was you know ranked third in the country. I mean, I remember it was like, well, like UCLA is the real deal, yeah. you know, and I mean, that you guys still are, but it's cool to hear how, you know, you guys, the team coaches are really buying into that, you know, whenever, where, where could the program be in a couple of years? I mean, you guys can be so good, you know, you just, it's just yeah. all the work and stuff you guys are putting in and, 
you know, college, college programs, everybody's going to have a dip, you know, it's just, it is what it is, you know, but I mean, Hey, I think you guys are trending, man. I'm really excited for you guys and the team at UCLA. Well, thank you. Cause I, I feel great about it. You know, I think all, like I said, all the guys are, are buying in. I'm very excited about the recruits we have coming in. I'm excited about the guys we have on the team. Now the energy is just like awesome. So it's, it's been really, really fun. Yeah, that's awesome to hear. And you know, I'm curious about goals that you have for yourself. I mean, I know I've had assistant coaches on the podcast that want to be a head coach someday. You know, is that something that you are looking to be one day? Or are you just kind of embracing your time at UCLA right now? So I will say the thing that got me into coaching first and foremost was my passion about UCLA and my passion about being around golf at the highest level. I have really, really enjoyed my time as a coach. Like it has been phenomenal. And frankly, there are a lot of really good coaches in the country and there are a lot of really good programs, but it's a highly competitive space. Yeah. Not sure what the future holds for me as far as coaching. I really want to keep working hard in the role that I'm in. I want to make sure that UCLA is where it needs to be kind of at the top of the collegiate game. And I think that the big thing is like, I've never been someone to set really, really long-term goals and say, okay, I need to be a head coach with this many national championships. Like I just, it seems <laughs> almost too far away for me to really connect with. So gotcha. my goals are all short-term. Like I just want to see what I can do here. And I mm-hmm. believe that whatever is next in your life, that will come when you kind of reach your immediate goals and work hard. Like, so for me, it's just like waking up. How can I run the best practice? How can mm-hmm. I you know, support the guy's you know, how can I recruit better and smarter? And so that's really where I'm at right now. Like, I think if I can do that and support this program, then my own personal goals will follow along the way. Um, and the other thing too, is like, I believe very deeply that your role as an assistant coach is to support the head coach. Yeah. You know, I tried to help coach Freeman execute his vision. And when he retired and, you know, I was very, very fortunate for, you know, coach, Armin to keep me on. I want to help him execute his vision. He's a highly motivated individual. He's riding a moment, you know, a huge momentum wave of kind of personal achievement. Like what he and Coach Thurman achieved at Arizona State over the last few years, you know, it's been phenomenal. Like yeah. that is a program that is really, really successful. And Coach Armin is bringing that same energy, and he wants to kind of put UCLA back on top where it has been historically. And mm-hmm. I think that for me, it's like, if I can support those types of goals, then I'm only going to become more successful. There you go. You know, I love to hear how it's, it's almost like whenever I ask players, you know, what kind of goals players have, you know, they don't want to put the long-term stuff on them because it's too, you know, maybe too much pressure or something and something that you can't really predict. So it's interesting to hear how you're focused on your time at UCLA. You're supporting coach Harmon and his, you know, his vision, and you're just giving everything you have for this team and coaching. You know, that's, that's just great to hear. I mean, I, that's what, that's what you want as a coach right there. (laughs) Well, it's good. I, I, like I said, I am just a Bruin fan for life. And just the fact that I get to work here just makes it even better. There you go. I mean, you're like, I can't believe they pay me for this. (laughs) Yeah, honestly, it's, it's it is pretty crazy. They're just like, okay, you know, now you get to go recruit here, and now you get to take the team on this trip. Now you get to, you know, coach the guys at this golf course. And I'm just like, wow, all right, this is a pretty great deal. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, Coach. I'm really, really excited for you guys. And um, you know, we're heading to the next section of the show here. I just got to, you know, a few more questions, get to know you a little bit more, maybe the program at UCLA. And this first question, I think, is just is really really interesting and kind of important because um, whenever I was, whenever I'd go on visits with my dad and stuff, my dad would ask this question to the coach 
Um, And, you know, I'm curious about what's it like being that parent figure to players when they come to UCLA? Like, you know, what are your duties as being an assistant coach? And, you know, what does your schedule look like to a week to week basis? I'm really curious about that. Right. So I'll start with the parent figure portion of the question is like, I, I understand that these guys are young men, but at the same time, it's, they're just kind of freshly moved out of their, you know, yeah. home base for the first time. So I try and support them in any way that they, you know, that they need for the mm-hmm. most part, that just means making sure that they're on top of their school, their housing. You know, I'm, I'm in a unique position because I went to UCLA and I know a lot of the classes. I know the professors I know, you know, and, and while UCLA has an amazing academic support staff, some of the guys will call me and they're like, coach, like I'm freaking out. I've got a political science game theory exam with professor Barry O'Neill. And I'm like, Oh, I remember that. That's okay. <laughs> and so I, I've been able to help the guys who have similar kind of class schedules and majors to what I had, um, which has been phenomenal. But for the most part, the guys just sometimes need someone to listen, you know, to what they yeah. have to say. Like mm-hmm. these are, these are smart, hardworking, talented young people. And they don't really need me to figure out life for them. But sometimes it's just kind of like they need someone to talk to. Mm-hmm. And so I'll get FaceTime calls from my guys, you know, at any hour of the day. And I'll just pick it up <laughs> and I'll be like, hey, what's up? You know, and he's like, oh, I just have, you know, various questions. It could be nothing to do with golf. It could be about life. It could uh-huh. be I'm homesick. It yeah. could be like I'm, you know, my neighbors are noisy. Like it's just anything like that. Like I, I just want to be there to support. And then. I guess as well, like junior golfers, when they're looking like to go to a place, you definitely want to connect with the coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you are moving away from your parents and it's right for parents to be kind of concerned about that. Yeah, Like if you kind of are getting honestly weird vibes on a visit, you know, I I had a personal experience where I went on a visit with a coach and I was, I was enjoying the visit. I liked the program. I liked everything that I had to offer, but I just... I didn't really feel a connection with the coach. And I just felt like, dang, maybe, you know, this isn't a person I'm going to spend a bunch of days with every single week for the next four years. And so it's super important. You got to make sure that, you know, you have conversations, ask whatever questions are on your mind, because, you know, it's just, those are the people you're going to be around for four years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's just, it was just something I'm always asking coaches. That's like, one of the main questions, because I just remember every time my dad would ask that and it's, you know, and it's, it's, it's an interesting question. So it's a great, it's a great question. Um, as far as the schedule goes, it varies. Like I, I, I'm, you know, at all of our practices trying to come up with games for the guys to play. Sometimes it's just playing golf, 18 holes. Sometimes it's, you know, working on skill development, whether that's on the range or putting or, you know, being, being a, you know, a high level player myself, not so much, you know, anymore. Cause I'm not. <laughs> oh, oh, come on. I'm sure you can fire some low numbers. Still, I can, coach. I can still get it around, but I just, um, you know, for the most part, I'm just concerned about what these guys are shooting, but I, I will work on the technique and kind of like what the guys are working on, but mainly my, my day is like, I've spent a few days in the office. You know, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happens when you're running a golf program as yeah. other coaches you know you have finances and you have compliance and you have you know you have to report to the academic liaisons and you know you're a sport administrator and just all those kinds of things so I I do a lot of that um but for the most part yeah I'm I'm spending a lot of my day working with the guys 
Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just really cool to hear that that week to week kind of schedule, because like you said, I think there's a lot more behind the scenes stuff that people don't know about. Like they probably just think, Hey, you're cruising on the golf course with players and you're watching them hit balls all day. Like it's, I wish, I wish. (laughs) I wish. If I, if I wasn't receiving, you know, I receive and send a lot of emails every day to make sure that things uh, run smoothly and I'm the assistant coach. So obviously the head coaches have even more on their plate. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously though. But I think it's really interesting there. Um, next question up here is kind of about, you know, when you're on the course with the players and you know, you're walking, talking with them during competition rounds, like what's that talk like? Is that, is there a process that you go through with your, with the players or is it kind of just different for each one? I think it, it varies a little bit for each player. There's still kind of the same core principles, like we have some kind of team mantras, like there's certain things that we like to focus on. Um, there's certain, you know, ways we go about analyzing each shot. But frankly, like there's some players, for example, I'll say uh, I when I walk with mate, sorry, when we when I walk with uh, Mason, you know, I will keep it a little bit more light. We'll talk about random things. We'll talk about kind of, you know, just where he'd like to go on vacation or we talk about, you know, just like just completely just fun things that we'll talk about. You know, we'll talk what's the best restaurant in Westwood or we'll argue what's the best place to hang out in Santa Monica. Or I like, you know, this Mexican place, you know, whatever, just we yeah. keep it super, super light. We'll talk about um, the golf shot as we're approaching the ball, you know, we'll go into detail as much or as little as he wants. Mm-hmm. You know, the main thing that you are doing as a coach is you're making sure that your player is, you know, making a good choice, which almost all the time they are. And then they have to feel confident in that choice. And that's mainly what I'm doing. You know, a lot of the guys on the team will call me in to read lies or read greens, especially, you know, it's not that they're bad green readers. They're, they're exceptionally good green readers, but sometimes you get a quick downhiller that's on the right edge. And you're like, Hey coach, should I play this inside or outside the hole? And I'm like, Oh, I think it's right. You know, I think it's just inside the hole. Like, yeah. That's the type of thing that college coaches are doing now with some people. It may be way more in depth. Uh-huh. You may be really, once you build trust with a player and you know, their game very deeply, you can be like, okay, look, I think the wind's off the right. You know, you've been hitting that like kind of flat cut a lot. You know, do you feel comfortable hitting this shot? Mm-hmm. And so you can go more in depth with, with most of the guys though, for the most part, it's just trying to make sure that they're comfortable so that they can, they're freed up to kind of just make the best swing that they possibly can. There you go. I mean, it's just whenever I ask coaches that one as well, uh, that question as well, it's it's kind of the same thing. You know, it's it's a little different for each player. And it's really it's funny that you know, whenever you're talking with Mason, you're super light, you know, vacation, yeah. you're talking about places. And then next thing you know, you could be with another player just going through the whole yardage book out like, you know, Absolutely, really. Getting- <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're like getting super deep. We're reading the green. We're talking about grain. Yeah. You know, and you know, with other players, like, it's just kind of like talking about, you know, Hey, how's your little brother doing? Like, what are you doing this summer? Sure. Like, what's your favorite golf course you've ever played? Like, would you ever go skydiving? Like, I mean, you know, it's not always like that, but yeah. you're out on the golf course a long time. So for the most part, you're just trying to keep guys engaged and having, you know, having fun and then getting ready to compete and be focused when it's time. There you go. I just love hearing that, what that talks like and stuff. And, um, you know, the next question here is about junior golfers. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a ton of players out there, a ton of juniors that want to play for UCLA. You know, I'm just curious about, you know, maybe some knowledge that 
you have for junior golfers with the recruiting process or maybe key attributes that you look for when you're recruiting for the team? I think there's two main things for me. Um, I talked a little bit earlier about the brand. Mm -hmm. Like I really, when I, when I'm watching a golfer, I'm thinking, okay, can I envision this person wearing, you know, the, the Westwood gold and the, you know, the, the powder blue. Like I, I really am trying to see like, is this person a fit for us now? Obviously it goes without being said. like, you got to shoot low numbers. You have to play well in golf tournaments. That's what this whole thing is all about. Yeah. You know, I, I think if you're a really good coach and um, I'm trying to be one, like if you're a junior golfer who's shooting good numbers, you know, in the United States, especially in my region, like I know who you are. I'm yeah. trying to keep track of that. And so when I'm watching you at a golf tournament or, you know, I'm trying to see, okay, how does this player carry himself? What kind of personality does he have on the course? How does he treat, you know, the volunteers? Coach Armin always would say, you know, how does he rake a bunker? How does he treat his mom? Mm -hmm. That's so, that's so cool. I mean, what an amazing saying, because it really shows like, is this person really taking care of the course? Does he respect his playing competitors? Does he respect the competition? And can he be nice to the people who are providing this entire opportunity for him? Right. So I think that when you look at it through that frame, it becomes apparent kind of quickly, like what type of player are you looking for? And we're looking for guys who want to compete hard, represent the brand well. And they're just, they have a, a certain level of poise where it's like, I want this guy to play for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's like maybe, you know, a player's got some swagger or something. You're like, okay, you know, like that, you can kind of see them in the UCLA brand and stuff. And it's really interesting to hear kind of how, you know, Coach Jarman said, you know, how they rake a bunker, how they treat your mom, you know, treat their mom. I almost said your mom, <laughs> how you treat, how you treat their, or how they treat their mom yeah. and stuff. And, but the stuff that you're looking for as well, like, you know, can you see them, you know, really representing the brand? And I mean, just, it's really interesting to hear that because I mean, as a junior golfer, I knew if there was any advice, you know, or any, you know, insight that I could get, you know, it was really yeah. important. So you know, it's really cool to hear the stuff that you guys really look for whenever you're going through the recruiting um, with players and stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. And this next question here is, I mean, you're obviously, you were a player before you were a coach. I mean, are, how often are you playing? You got to tell me, are you playing out there? You grinding, you hitting rain? Well, What's going on? I, I'm a little rusty right now. Unfortunately, I had a collarbone injury over the yeah. winter. So I haven't been able to play. And now that I'm coming back, I have been losing um, some contests to the boys. <laughs> I see. I see. It's too bad. You know, I had a putting contest the other day with Pablo and I lost, which that hurt. Pablo's not going to let me hear the end of that one for a little while. <laughs> um, a chipping contest, you know, the other day. And some, I like to kind of mix it up with the guys on the team sometimes. I'm not playing um, as much as I was. But when I first started coaching, I was playing a fair bit. Hopefully mm -hmm. my shoulder heals up again. I'll be playing a little bit more. Yeah. You know, I, I like to keep my game sharp because I think it helps me understand what the guys are doing. Like being a good player myself, being able to shoot low numbers. Um, it helps me understand that. Let's say I play really well and I'm playing in the group of someone else who's playing really well. Mm -hmm. And I hit a shot. And I, okay. I, I hit my kind of like my go-to draw with a seven iron. You know, and then Omar pulls out eight and he hits kind of just that flat bullet that he can hit, you know, and I think, okay, next time I'm in a tournament and I'm thinking, okay, this is 178 yards, you know, a little into the wind. I'm kind of between a seven, and a six, let's say, 
And mm -hmm. Omar's like really leaning like, oh, no, I, I'm I'm definitely could easily hit seven here. I'm yeah. thinking, OK, I understand that. I know what kind of shot he's going to hit. I can help envision that. And so if he asks for my advice, you know, then I may be able to kind of just, you know, help, help assure him that that's definitely the right play. I mean, that's a very loose example. But I think, you know, being a good golfer yourself helps a lot in coaching because mm -hmm. it's just very relatable. Like you understand how pressure affects, you know, different shots, how certain situations affect what you're doing. And, you know, I, yeah, I just was lucky that I got to do those things myself. Yeah. You know, I think it's cool that you said, you know, it, it kind of helps being a good player yourself, because like you said, you can kind of put yourself in their shoes a little bit. I know some coaches, they still, you know, get out there, compete, play Brandon Wilkins at SMU, you know, he's, he's yeah. out there grinding, you know, he's out yeah. there trying to understand, you know, what they're going through. So it's cool to hear how, you know, you, you were able to kind of put yourself in their shoes and, you know, kind of understand that a little bit as well. So, but I think it's, I, I know some assistant coaches that are like clubs are away. It's all good. Like, <laughs> so it's, uh, it's cool to hear how, you know, your passion for the game and stuff is still there. And you're, uh, I remember your Southwestern, you had your, uh, you had your sling and everything. And I know, did, it was a brutal, it broke my collarbone in two places. And, um, I, I came back for the Southwestern and I was like walking around with my sling on, you know, taking a bunch of Tylenol and I was just the whole time, you know, it was my right arm, which is my good arm. And so it was really difficult for me just psychologically being like, I can't even like pick up a club and waggle it. Like, yeah. It's terrible. Like, this is know, terrible. Forget the pain. Like it was just like, it was so depressing not being able to just, you know, hit a couple balls here and there. And um, yeah, anyways, I'm mostly through it now. I, I've been chipping and putting with the guys a little bit, but um, unfortunately I haven't been able to tee it up with them quite yet. Gotcha. Well, hey, it'll it'll come before you know it, and you'll be back on the other end of beating them. Hopefully, here pretty soon. <laughs> I hope so. We'll see. I, I got. I'm a competitor, so even if I'm not beating them, I'll be trying my best. There you go, and that's what it's all about. You know, being able to push yourself and push them as well. So, um, we're heading to the last question here. I mean, there's probably, you know, I, I've. I've heard the phrase, I've said the phrase, you know, it takes a village to play golf, you know. Um, I'm really curious about the people in your circle and people that maybe have supported you. I mean, I don't know if there's a group of people that have really inspired you to be the person slash coach you are today. Yeah, I, I definitely, I have a huge extended family, so it would take a long time for me to list them all. Oh, yeah, yeah. But within golf, um, I will list a few. My my dad, obviously, getting him into the game was amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. He's a very homemade golf swing who, you know, ended up breaking par and becoming a low single digit handicap and just showed me like, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Yeah. You know, if my dad with his crazy golf swing can shoot under par, I promise you guys out there listening, you can shoot under par too. <laughs> you know, my mom never played around a golf. She's the biggest golf fan in the world. She knows what every single mini tour is doing. She knows she looks at junior golf pro tours. Like it's phenomenal. So I grew up in a very just, golf loving household, which is fun. Um, golf in Canada is very unique as well, because I spent so much time in the winter hitting golf balls indoors, mm -hmm. like the golf dome, and I would hit balls off of a mat into a wall. Mm -hmm. And so I became friends with some guys who frequented that area. And like, essentially, going there became not totally like a social atmosphere. It was like, we're all working on our games together. It became super fun. Yeah. Um, I have to give a shout out as well. I growing up where I did, I was a sponsored member at the Glencoe golf and country club, which is where Steven Ames played. Nice. And, um, 
you know, Steven being one of, you know, the leader, all-time leaders on the PJ Tour money list and, you know, having multiple pro wins across, you know, various continents and winning multiple times on the PGA and Champions Tour, like, he was very, you know, very supportive of me as a junior golfer. And to come from a secondary golf market like I did, but getting to be around a PGA Tour winner um, and getting to play golf with him as a junior was really, really cool because I actually got to see what real tour golf looked like. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. this, is a, this is a guy who would go out and shoot really low numbers all the time, but he treated his golf like a business. Yeah. You know, it's like you don't make that many millions playing pro golf unless you're really good. But he taught me that it's more than just like pure talent. Like you have to take the game seriously. You have to take your body seriously. You have to treat it as a lifestyle. And so, you know, I was, I was very fortunate. And then just the people that I've been around since coming to UCLA have been amazing. You know, it's from my roommate Cole and my, you know, coach Freeman, like it's been a great experience overall. And so there's so many people, but like, I just, I look back on those early days of playing in Crossfield like early in the spring or late in the fall, kind of like on the shoulder seasons, um, that, that community of people and the head coach, uh, or sorry, head pro in, um, Lyndon King, like, yeah, it was just phenomenal making somebody put away the hockey skates and like, just fall in love with the game. I, it's given me so much and yeah, I'm just very grateful for the whole journey. And, you know, and it's just, I love asking that question to hear people that, you know, have supported you and will continue to support you and be in your circle and stuff. And, you know, it's always nice to give credit to those people. I know there's probably such a long list of other people, you know, but it's just, it's so cool to hear those people that have supported you. And, you know, I just, I'm really excited for, you know, your future as a coach, the team at UCLA and just everything that's to come your way, coach. And I'm, I'm really excited for you guys. And, you know, it's just really, really excited for, you know, this Pac-12 championship coming up and stuff for you guys. Too. Thank you so much for having me on. I wish you the best of luck. I'm loving all the content that you're putting out and all the guests that you're having on. It's it's super cool that, you know, you're shining a light on what's going on in NCAA golf. Yeah. And, um, you know, making it look cool because it really is. <laughs> I think that that's, it's really special. Like I, I really encourage everyone who's listening to look up the golf schedule of the NCAA. And if you can go watch a college golf tournament, you absolutely should, because this is not like, this is not, you know, just random people playing like this is elite, elite golf. Yeah. So like with that being said, I'm excited. I'm flying out tomorrow morning. We're going to go up to San Francisco and uh, yeah, we're going to have a great time. There you go, coach. You know, I wish you guys nothing but the best and you know, that'll wrap up this week's episode, everybody coach. Thank you for coming on once again and look forward to seeing you at some more tournaments in the near future. Awesome. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Have a good one, everybody. Awesome coach. You did great. You know, I'm really, thank you. I loved hearing your experiences, you know, and just looking at my research, I was like, you know, coach was a player, man. Like yeah. you're a good player. So it it's Thank just you. so cool. It's so cool to see how you played at UCLA. You're back there now and just you're 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 enjoying everything about it. So that's yeah, awesome. I am. I yeah, thank you so much. I it's good for me to be able to speak as an international recruit too. And yeah. I was lucky being kind of a a top recruit, but just for international kids to understand that hey, like, you know it's okay to feel that pressure of like going to the U S because I get guys all the time. Like, Oh, I just felt so nervous. Like it felt like a major. And it was like, yeah, it's just because like 
you know, and I didn't want to share this, but like essentially I had an experience once where I set the Canadian junior scoring record. Uh-huh. Um, and I had a college coach tell me like, I don't even know if that, what that means. I don't even know what kind of golf course you played. Like, uh, you know, if you did that in the U S I'd be super impressed. Oh my gosh. I'm like, I just shot 18 under in two rounds. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter where it is. Like it could be, it could be at a par three course. Like <laughs> it could be at the mini putt place down the, if you shoot 18 under in two rounds, like you need to yeah. seriously like get some props for that. And I had a coach tell me, oh, I think that's, yeah. Okay. Well do it in the U S next time. I'm like, give me a break. Yeah. Seriously. That's, no, that's right. You're, you don't want to go play for a coach like that. There's not a chance. <laughs> exactly. Well, but, thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have an episode coming out next week. Yours will be coming okay. out the following week. Um, I'll make an Instagram edit. I, I took a couple of photos of you at the Southwestern, so I'll use oh, those did? photos. Yeah, yeah. I think I got a couple. Um, I think I I, the sling. I think I got the sling in there. So, <laughs> but, that'll be uh, a great one. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. You know, I'm hoping to see you guys at some more tournaments and stuff. Um, you know, if you guys ever need anything, let me know. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll post an Instagram edit. Always like to shout out the podcast alum and stuff. So, um, yeah, but other than that, we're good to go. Yeah. I really appreciate it. All righty. We'll see you. Good night. I look forward to listening to it and uh, hopefully I'll see you soon. Sounds good, coach. We'll see you. See you later. Bye.